This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's and clean sheets this season, so don't forget your Muck Nuggets are closer than you think with Muck Delivery. The only thing left to say is, you in? Order now in the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for further details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everyone, welcome back to Swan's Cast Podcast. It's been, I think, a couple of weeks since we last did a podcast. I know we released two in that week, but it's been a bit of a gap. I have to apologise, did have some technical issues with my PC going. So it has had an impact on our output over the last couple of weeks. can only apologise for that, but we're hoping to get back up and running now, ahead of, well, I say, the next couple of games, but there's only one before the World Cup, and maybe we'll try and do some bits and bobs for the World Cup. Um, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Well, we are going to touch on the World Cup today, seeing as the Welsh squad has been announced, and there's been a little bit of controversy, maybe, around some of the selections, which is something we're going to talk about today. Uh, we'll also talk about the recent form as a whole, rather than focusing on individual matches. So I think since we last spoke, I think it was Cardiff, we've had four games. That's how congested the fixtures have been, which again could be another topic of conversation. Um and the amount of away games included in in that run, which I think adds to context around what we might talk about. And Lee is here to discuss all of that with me today. So welcome back, Lee. Hello, hello. What have you been up to Good in the back. last two weeks since the last video? It's been quite busy, to be honest. I've had, uh, I've had a week off work. It's been great. Uh, went, I went to the Bristol City game um, out watching the rugby on Saturday. Yeah, just been filling the time, really. It's been busy. But uh, that's why I didn't realise we hadn't done one since the Cardiff game. Because it's just, yeah, yeah, it's been busy at the moment. But uh, Yeah, well, my hard yeah, drive failed in my PC. So um, I've been pulling it apart and stuff to fix it. Couldn't fix the hard drive, I had to buy a new SSD. So it's faster now, but obviously it cost money, but I didn't really want to have to spend that on that. I mean, I wanted a new SSD at some point, but it was fine, you know, with the hard drive. So I was just getting on with it, but it yeah. went bust. Um, and then when I did fix it, the power supply fan decided to have a bit of a. I don't actually know what happened. It was a bit worrying, though. I was like, oh, please don't say that's gone as well. Started making a hell of a like, rattling noise when I turned it back on after fixing it all up. It basically was hitting yeah. something as it was spinning, but obviously it's the power supply fan, so you don't want to take any risks. We managed to fix that eventually, no. but it was a lot of like pulling it apart, pulled the whole setup on the desk apart, put it all back together, give it a clean. 
So yeah, that's why we've been a bit quiet the last couple of weeks, but we're back. So let's get straight into it. But as always, before we start, if you're watching on YouTube, please click the big red subscribe button. We're on, I believe, 472 now. We're nearly at 500 and we will be doing giveaway when we get there. So very close. Maybe we can get there in time for Christmas and somebody can have a nice present from us for Christmas. We'll see. See if we get there. Help us reach that goal, though, by clicking the big red subscribe button and help more people join you by clicking the like button which will help spread the word of the podcast more people will see it if you click the thumbs up and if you interact in the comments about all of the topics we're going to talk about today so please let us know your thoughts on the world cup squad that's probably going to be the big talking point current form uh was it expected after perhaps the run we've had and then a couple of draws in the last couple of games but we'll discuss that so let us know your thoughts and um what do you think ahead of Huddersfield on the weekend? So that's as well the next game that we're going to discuss in this video. Obviously, you can also listen on Spotify and other podcast services or on the sports, sports social podcast network where we are now hosted and have a partnership with. So if you do hear any adverts, it's linked to that. But it does support us. So, yeah, thank you very much for the continued support. Anyway, into today's conversation. And... <clears throat> should we what should we start with? Should we start with the form or should we start with the World Cup? I think start with the World Cup squad, is it? It's okay, just come out yesterday. Straight straight to the know. controversy. Let's, just, let's kick on with that. So Wales have released their 26 man World Cup squad. Um now I'll be honest, from a Swansea fan perspective, I was looking for a couple of things. Not a load of things that I'm not looking at in detail. But I did get frustrated by the lack of inclusion of Ollie Cooper. So let's um let's have a look at the squad as a whole. So we've got goalkeepers Wayne Hennessy, Danny Ward, and Adam Davis. I think maybe no surprises there. Um defenders, Ben Davis, Ben Cabango, Tom Lockyer, Joe Rodon, Chris Mepham, Ethan Abadu, Chris Gunter, uh, Nico Williams, and Connor Roberts. Maybe no surprises there other than the fact that. Chris Gunter currently playing for AFC Wimbledon, like going to the pinnacle of international football. Just yeah. there's a That's couple a of spread out choice, the squad where it's like, yeah, we just got to move on, but we'll we could, we'll discuss midfielders. Sober Thomas, Joe Allen, which again, I mean, is he going to be fit? There's a question there. Matthew Smith, Dylan Levitt. I, I don't actually know who that is. Harry Wilson, Joe Morrell, Tony Williams, Aaron Ramsey, Ruben Colwell. If you compare that to the midfielders, if you talk to the Euros, do you think this this a strong collection? I'm not quite sure. No, it's not very strong, is it? Um, uh, forwards, Gareth Bale. I'm sure I read somewhere. I someone. Sorry, I'm sure someone will correct me that. Uh, right. I think there's only like. A couple of changes from the squad that we actually took to the Euros. Uh, the yeah, you can't one, let certain players go, but then like they're not necessarily bedding enough <laughs> new players. I don't think. Yeah. Forwards: Gareth Bale, um, Kiefer Moore, Mark Harris, Brennan Johnson, and Dan James. Uh, okay, so. The main thing was no Ollie Cooper. That's the main frustration from us as Swans fans. And maybe we're biased. You know, we'll say that right from the start because we watch him week in, week out. It's his breakthrough season in a championship for Swansea, but it's not his breakthrough season 
in professional football. He obviously played for New Newport last year and had a very good season. So Newport in League Two, yeah, had a very good season. Come back to his parent club, and now he's part of the first team. And he's he, he starts more than he doesn't start, um, and he's made a really good impact when he's been on the pitch. And it frustrates me a little bit that you get the likes of Johnny Williams in the squad instead of him. That's that's the main one that sticks out for me. I just I know Johnny Williams has been around the squad for a while and he's done good over the years. But he's now playing for Swindon Town in League Two. You know, he played for Cardiff in the championship a couple of seasons ago and didn't do well enough to stay there. He's gone down and we're taking him to the World Cup over and up and coming the future for a start, which I know if Ollie Cooper goes, he might not start every game. But is Johnny Williams going to start every game? Like, I just... No. Sometimes that raw talent, and he's going to be the future, or one of the future crop of players you want to select from. It just doesn't make sense to me where you're going to pick someone. And it's two leagues of football lower. You might be playing week in, week out, but it's at a, like, two leagues lower level in the World Cup. It's not even the Euros, it's the World Cup. So you're going to be playing against... Well, we've got England in our group, haven't we? So Premier League team, essentially. Yeah. So I don't know what you make of it. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I don't know where to start. Really, I think. I think, in a way, uh, I played devil's advocate a little bit. I Ollie Cooper should definitely be going full stop for me, anyway. But I think he's been a bit of a victim of this weird World Cup because because there's no um, there's no build up to the World Cup. There's no sort of training camp. You know, if it was in the summer, they'd meet up after the season. They'd have you know, two or three World Cup warm-up matches before they travel. Um, you know, he'd have time with the squad. So I think that Ollie Cooper's unlucky in the sense that he's picked up form and I don't think he could have done he couldn't have done any more. And I don't think he could have done anything that would have got him in the squad. I think Page made his mind up and he was sticking with the squad that he had, regardless of anybody in form. Um because they think like they meet up I think we got the last game this weekend, didn't we? which is the 12th. And then I think the first game of the World Cup is nine days later with no games in between. So I think he's just said, like, you know, this is the squad that we had before. I'm, I'm just going to roll with that. So I think that's, that's what he's done. Um, or he's using it as an excuse. But I think uh, Ollie Cooper should be going. I think it's ridiculous because, like you said, um, it's the future. Why not take him now? And put him in the squad now, because when we come out to the World Cup, he'll have experience of being in the squad, being in tournament football, and that's what we want. And he deserves to be in there. Um, I I don't know. I I'm just I'm gutted. I'm gutted for him more than anything, because you think he deserves to he deserves to be in the squad. He's playing at a higher level, and some players that are going. He's scoring goals. He's you know, and he's playing well in the championship. He looks well at home. He doesn't look like he's you know fighting for his place. He looks out of his depth. He looks he's. He's thriving. He's playing so well. And I think it's a bit poor from some of the comments that I've heard from Rob Page as well, sort of saying that he turned up for one game and he was on the bench and he should be he should know everything that's going on with all, all Welsh players. He should know how well they're playing. He scored in the derby for a start, so he's already highlighted in the Welsh derby. He should be highlighted to the Welsh manager. Um and you've only got to see, like I've spoken about it on the podcast, like how well He's played, and since he came into our team, since Russell Martin started him, he, he's like changed the way that we've played and put us on that good run of form. Um, so I, I, yeah, I think it's ridiculous. I can, I think he's kind of given players, you know, a chance who've been there for a while, like legacy players, I call them, 
I think like Johnny Williams has been there for a long time, and I think he sort of feels like, oh, well, he's been here for so long, he deserves to come to the World Cup with us. But I, I, why wouldn't you take him as a, you know, one of the backups? You know, travel with the squad as a backup, training, being in and around the camp. But if you're going to give somebody the nod of a playing time, then it should go to, uh, to your form players. So I think, I think it's yeah, I'm gutted with it to be honest. There's a couple of other ones I'm going to question. Ruben Colwell from Cardiff. How how has he made the squad? I don't I don't understand how he's made the squad. Um, it's not like he's been. He's not one of these legacy players that you you mentioned. He has been in and around Wales. He's had a couple of caps, yeah. But he's literally had to kick the ball for Cardiff this season. He's been injured. He's just come back against Hull, like his first game, and he didn't do anything. Yeah. He have done anything this season anyway. He's played eight games, started one, played an average of twenty nine minutes per game. And like I said, since um, he was playing in September, he got injured or whatever, he played in the Wales-Poland game. And then he hasn't featured until the 8th of November. Like, Oli Cooper's been a mainstay since he got into the squad. Getting goals, getting assists, um, scored against Cardiff. I just, yeah, it's just ridiculous, really. Like, it's just one of them. Like, it's too safe, I think. I don't, it's going to be difficult for Wales to do anything in this World Cup anyway. But the selection, like, it's just... I don't think we can expect much when you're taking players from League Two. And, you know, if, I'm not trying to disrespect Johnny Williams. You know, he's played for Crystal Palace in the Premier League. But you go into the World Cup, like, you don't you do not do that well with players who are in the fourth tier of football. That's the bottom line. Like, how you're not going to win the World Cup. I'm not saying we should win the World Cup, but you're not going to have a chance of winning the World Cup against some of these teams. With, with that sort of player in your team. And I'm not saying Ollie Cooper is a Premier League player either, but it is still two tiers of football difference. Um, so there's another article I've just been reading stating that in terms of the backup players, you mentioned taking players as backup. There is there is some there in the midfield role as backup. And Ollie Cooper is also not one of them, which makes it even more short. Like I could have accepted it if he was like, he hasn't had a cap before. He's not really been around the first team of our squad before, so they didn't take the risk, but he's there. If Joe Allen doesn't make it, for example, he might step in. But he's not even there, right? And the back, some of the backup options, I've got two of them here. So we've got Luke Harris from Fulham, okay? Basically the Fulham under-21s. He's played two matches this season, an average of seven minutes per game, but he's in the backup. He's 17 years old. He's a backup for the midfielders for the World Cup. Basically, no experience yet of like first team professional football. Um, but he's in the backup list. And they got Jordan James from Birmingham as well, which is a little bit more understandable. He's played 15, started six games on average, 44 minutes per game. Uh, he's doing okay. He's probably more of a midfielder than Ollie Cooper, being an attacking option. Um, but again, he's only 18 years old as well. So just the experience, like, you know, Cooper done his year in League Two with Newport last year, made the name for himself, and he's come back and got himself into the first team. So I think it's kind of like he's done the hard work and he's had no reward there in terms of international football. I'm wondering whether going even further than the Ryan Giggs scenario of Page getting forced into this role has gone against him a little bit because I think Page has taken far less risks and has just kind of like done done what's in front of him a little bit. I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to I'm going to knock what he's done. I think he's I think he's been great for us like since Rob Page has come in. I think we've been better 
under him than when we were with Giggs. He's made us like a solid unit and got us to the World Cup. Yeah. So I don't want to criticise him too heavily, but I think I think you're right. I think he's just he's just stayed safe. He doesn't want to I sort just, of rock the boat too much. Yeah, I just want to say we've done a bad job, but he is very safe, is what I'm saying, in terms of his selections. Very safe. Very yeah. safe. My, my, my issue with it is kind of like... Um, that sort of selection, that sort of mindset that, oh, you know, we're just going to pick these players. And I, we always used to sort of have digs in England for taking players just because of who they were rather than taking players on form. And uh, and we've, we've sort of done that now. And that sort of selection tells me that we're just like happy to be there. You know, oh, all these players like Chris Gunter and Johnny Williams, they've been there for years. It'd be great. Like, oh, let's put Chris Gunter on the pitch for two minutes at the end of a game just so he plays that's, in the World Cup. Gonna you know, happen. You know other, that's going to happen. Other, yeah, yeah, but like other countries don't do it. Like we we don't want to be there to make up the numbers. I know, like we've got to enjoy it. It might be the only World Cup that we ever see in our lifetime. But why not be there to compete? Why not take your best players and just absolutely have a go at it? I, I just yeah. don't like this. Oh, uh, little old Wales, we're happy to be there. Let's just enjoy it. Let's just uh, let's just roll out Chris Gunter for two minutes. So we can all go mad and be grateful for that. I just think like in any other sport, any other, no, no other countries do it. It just doesn't happen. I just think, and like Russell Martin came out and said that I don't even think Page had a conversation with him um, in the in in the build up to the selection. Um, so I I think he can be hard done by that he's not even warranted that conversation. Just to be like you know what's he like in training? You know I think he's done too much, you know, in the championship not even to have that conversation with his manager. I think it's quite poor. I think and this maybe would be a bit controversial. But um, just lifting my cup a little bit as well. Can you you breathe in? But um, I think Paige Sorry. doesn't like in players from Swansea. I'm gonna say it. I, I think he doesn't like it. The only one he consistently will pick is Joe Allen. <clears throat> I personally don't even think Joe Allen should be on the plane ahead of Ollie Cooper right now, personally, because there's not even a guarantee he's gonna be fit. So you're taking a slot for someone that might not actually kick a ball. So I just I just don't think you should be like you shouldn't do it. I think you should, maybe he can be a reserve, and if he can then comes fit, he can come into the squad if 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 the place opens up right. But there's no guarantee Allen's even going to make it. He's taken that space, um, so I don't think he necessarily should get in ahead um, in terms of legacy players or whatever. If he's fit and firing, he probably goes hands down. But he hasn't been for like two months now, so I'm not sure he should get selected. Um, you look at Cabango, he hardly kicks a ball for Wales now. I know he gets in the team, but he doesn't very often play. I'm not saying he should always start either. I'm just saying he doesn't. And it's looking at the new people that he might take from Swansea, Ollie Cooper being the one that is the conversation. And like you said, he can't even ring the manager and ask. And 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 wasn't there that, that bit where he was criticising the Swans for the, the handling of Joe Allen's injury as well? So I'm just not sure he's got the best yeah, relationship with Swansea and he's not that bothered about. Joe Allen's got the, the history with the legacy players, like you said. he's And he, he came from Stoke, where he's been for a while now, and Liverpool before that. So I think that's already there. Yeah, it's, He's going to be picking Joe Allen if he's available. But otherwise, it doesn't look like he's that bothered about picking players from Swansea. That's what I think, and that's what I've seen since he's been there. Uh, with with the way Cabango is like not always playing like Meth, I'm guessing sometimes when he's out of form, and I I don't always see if he should be starting. But um, 
could be being biased, said this at the start. Maybe we've been biased being Swansea fans, but like Cardiff have got a couple of players in there and look where they are in the league in comparison. It just yeah. doesn't add up really. Just if you're picking players on form to do the best job, it definitely isn't the case. And running through the squad again, right? So we've got Dylan Levitt. Um, like I said, I didn't really know much about him. Okay, he plays for Dundee. Uh, he's 21 years yeah, old midfielder. So he is picking youngsters that are there for the future. We will credit credit that. I think he, he scored like last night. He scored a couple of goals for, for Dundee. Yeah, he's doing a decent job for Dundee. But what I'm saying is, like, I guess Dundee's Scottish Prem, okay, as you could say, is, is fair enough. Um, you've got, who else have we got then? These are the ones that I'm a bit like, how do they get in ahead? Matt, Matt Smith from MK Dons. He might be a decent player, but he's still playing in League One. Okay. And when do you ever see England picking players that are not in the top league for. Um, for their international tournaments. I know Wales don't have the luxury of that, and we have to delve into the lower league sometimes, but we've chosen to in some of these selections rather than have to. That's where my problem is. Yeah. So you've got Matt Smith from yeah, MK, yeah. MK Dons. You've got Joe Morrell from Portsmouth. Um, they're all midfielders, and we, we said about Levitt as well, but maybe maybe you can say that's all right because it's Scottish, Scottish Prem. And Johnny Williams, as we said, from Swindon Town. Um I just, I don't know. I do agree with you. We criticise England a lot for picking the like the names. Like, is, is Harry Maguire going? That's probably the one they're having a conversation about. I think their team's been announced as well, but I haven't taken the look yet. But uh, he'd be the one that they're all kicking off about, it. I think. Uh-huh. You haven't seen I that. haven't seen it yet. I, haven't, no, I, haven't I know they're all kicking off that Ivan Tony's not going. That's yeah, I saw he'd been left out. Yeah. Um, but it's probably safe from Southgate as well. He's, he's he's quite the same when it comes to these sort of things. Um, Chris Gunter from AFC Wimbledon as well is a bit of a... Does he play for them much? I'm not he's sure. coming to the end of his career, isn't he, Gunter? That's a legacy pick, that, isn't it? Again, I just, yeah. Yeah, he, he has been playing I'm for them. Like, you know, like... I'm not. Sla- I'm not. I. I don't want to slate him either. Like great servant for Welsh football. Same with Johnny Williams. Same with these players. Like great for what they've done. Deserve all the praise that they get. But we've got to kind of move on from that. Like I think. Like I can see Bale finishing after the World Cup. You know, I can see. Obviously, Gunter's not going to play. Um, Ramsey after the World Cup. You know, yeah, a lot of these players are not Joe Allen. Maybe a lot of these players are not going to be there after the World Cup. So I think like. Why not get the new players in to experience playing with these players as well in and around the Welsh camp to put us in a better place going forward? But I, I don't know. It seems like there's a there's a ring fence around the Welsh squad, isn't there? Like this is this this is who we pick. Yeah, if they're fit, they are like they are the boys, like the boys' club. They will be going, and I think Ollie Cooper was probably the only one that he wasn't expecting to sort of pressurise that. And I, but I don't think it was ever. It seems like it was never even on the table, which is a shame. Not even yeah. to have a conversation with him. You know, say like, look, you've been playing so well. I'm doing this. Maybe, I hope he has that. We don't know. I hope he has had the conversation with him. But, what, but from Russell Martin's press conference, it doesn't sound like he's had any contact. So even for him to just have the conversation with him and say, look, after the World Cup, you're the future. We'll be going forward. You're playing so well. Keep it up. I'm going with this because this is what yeah. I know. This is what we've had over the last few months. We haven't got time to build up going into the World Cup. I'm taking this um, this squad, even just to have that conversation. But he definitely should even be going as one of the like replacements than one of the two you just That's named. That's what's done it for me. So man. I don't know. I feel it's like it's, yeah. 
Yeah, fair enough if he's not in the squad, but to not even take him ahead of like a 17-year-old who played two games for Fulham, I just absolutely shocking. That there, there's something in that. Like I don't know if he's trying to prove a point, but that seems stupid to me. I hope it's not uh, a Swansea Cardiff thing. I hope that's not the issue, but I just don't. I, right, don't and this is what, like I said, I was frustrated, and then I saw about the, the replacements. Right, and Paige actually commented on this, so this might frustrate you more. Um, so I said about the two players, yeah. So we've got Luke Harris, 17-year-old from Fulham, and Jordan James, 18-year-old from Birmingham, at least has made some first-team appearances this season, but um, still very young to be, like, jumping ahead of Cooper, who's four years older than him. Like, do you know what I mean? That's that's where we're at here. That's what's annoying about it. Anyway, Paige commented on these two being in the reserves, right? As much as the World Cup is upon us, I want to expose Luke and JJ they're the two players I just mentioned, uh, to the environment, get them training and see how they conduct themselves. So in March or in the future, when the senior boys decide they're not going to play for Wales anymore, it won't be too much of a culture shock and the change won't be so severe. I've been really impressed by the pair of them. They're not going to be in the 26, but for them to travel with the squad, see how they conduct themselves on and off the pitch is going to be massive for us. So why can't we be there? Well, take him as well. Why does it only need to be two? Just take him. This is what I mean. This is why I think there's something in that. I don't know. That just seems weird to me. Seems like a no-brainer for everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it leaves, it's, would, a, it's a shame because it leaves it's leaving a bit of a sour taste, isn't it? Because yeah. we should be really excited about the World Cup. But the fact that he's done that, it, every team, like most sports, right, you have like, I always say about like when the Lions tour in the rugby, right? You have a Lions bolter that like they come from nowhere or the year of the Lions. They play so well, they get into the squad and then they get into the team and they get into the was test like team. Marcus and it always happens. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, yeah, it was a bit of a funny one last time when they were COVID. But yeah, Marcus Smith was a good example. He got called up. He was in form straight through, got a game. It just happens all the time. And then, I don't know. I, feel, I just felt like Ollie Cooper was that person. I could just see... Like, you know, young Welsh lad, he's had such a good season in a World Cup year. He just gets into the squad. He maybe gets the bench. Maybe he comes on in a game, does something, gets a start in one of the group games. Maybe we get through the group and he and he plays. You know, I just think, we just, I, I just don't understand why you dropped him. I'm still baffled. Yeah, just, yeah same. And, and going on, right, so this season, Harris has played five minutes of football in total for uh, Fulham. Has never played for Wales at any international level. And, and Jordan James has 33 minutes of football over the past two months. James has featured for England under-20s and has a Wales appearance at under-18. So I just... Yeah, why? How, how has he even been impressed by these? Like, where's he getting impressed? I don't I don't get it. I just... Does he not want, watch the Swans then? He just knows... I know about Joe Allen. I know about Cabango. I went to watch Ollie Cooper once he's on the bench, so that's it. Like... You've seen yeah, that was such a poor comment. That was. the club in Wales. Like, it's literally up a road from Cardiff. Like, come on. Anyway, yeah, I know. Um, uh, your mic's coming through again. You breathe in. You sound like uh, Darth Vader, which, you know, we all feel like that now with the situation. But, yeah. Anyway, maybe we should move on. Sorry. I was right. I was burping a bit because I'm having a, having a few beers. <laughs> no, it's all right. Don't worry about it. Just um, anyone listening in the car might be having some... Uh, vibrations coming out of the speakers or something. I don't know. It's all good. Anyway, let's move on from that now because... It's just You're all, all feeling our frustration. 
just uh, maybe he'll come out now and score like a hat trick against Huddersfield to be like, should have taken me instead of that sober Thomas. <laughs> that would be amazing if he has a worldie against Huddersfield on Saturday and he just like scores two and gets an assist or something. I'd be, oh, be class. He's definitely starting, I think. I reckon he because he usually has been dropping in midweek and then starting him. I think he's only dropped in one game the length and then he comes back in. Obviously, yeah. he was trying to do Matt uh, Russell Martin's against press Wigan, conference. So, well, what's he said? No, in his press conference, he like he was great. He just said basically he was absolutely gutted for him and he said if he was Wales manager, he would have been taking him like no problem. Obviously, he's a bit biased because he's obviously sees him every day, but he said he deserves to be going. So I think he's definitely going to start him on on Saturday and just say just go and prove them wrong and get him fired up. And I hope he just has an absolute belter of a game. It would be good if he does. <clears throat> um. Hey, Spotifyers, click or tap the banner to listen to Rap Caviar, the freshest 50 hip-hop songs on the rawest playlist ever. Brought to you by our friends at Stars and the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. Okay, anyway, let's let's move on to the current form before we look at the Huddersfield game. I just did a match preview, so if anybody does want to watch it with Ryan from a Huddersfield channel, um, he gave us some insight into their season so far, which has been a bit disappointing for them. I think after their playoff push last year, they um yeah, they're they're kind of like down the other end of the table, really. Literally right at the bottom. So some managerial troubles. They've had a couple of changes, I believe. Um late change at the start of the season and they've already gone through another one so it makes it sound like a good game for us but it's never quite that easy is it so we'll uh, no. we'll get into that in a bit but um yeah you might doing it again you probably need to move it up just to keep it a little bit higher not there but like by your nose a little bit higher my bad like in between like yeah that's fine sorry for the technical difficulties guys we're, we're still improving um anyway of form then. So we had that run, didn't we, where we won, I believe it was seven games in nine up to the Cardiff match. Um, and then you could say it's fallen off a bit, but I'm not... I think when you look at the wider context, I think it's harsh to say the form's fallen off. It has in terms of results. You know, we haven't had a win since Cardiff, but it's been three draws and a loss, but it's also been three away games in that uh, run of fixtures. And as a general rule, when your home games draw your away games, is always a good way to go about your season. I know we made it hard for us by going 2-0 down against Wigan, and perhaps that's the biggest frustration of this run. I think if that's a win, it changes the whole outlook of these four games. But on the on the whole, I think we've done well to, to get to get these results, really, with, with three away games. We'll have another one on Saturday. So it's four away games in five. You know, it's a hard run. And the congestion has been it's been relentless. What was that stat you found you tweeted out the other day in terms of the amount of games? That we've yeah, I was um, I was not I I thought that as well. I was a bit like, oh, why have we dropped off so much? I was thinking, oh, we did so well up to the Cardiff game, and then I was thinking, oh, you know, we didn't we didn't play too well against Bristol City, and then we lost against Preston away, and then Wigan at home was a bit wasn't a great performance. But yeah, I remember looking at it then, and I was thinking, God, we've had so many games recently, and it was. It was something like since the 1st of October when we went to West Brom, 
they'd averaged a game, including Saturday now when they play Huddersfield. It was like they've played a game every four days since yeah. the beginning of October. And our last five games now before the break, like you said, four of them are away. And all five of them have come within um, 15 days, three days. Though. Yeah, so they're playing a game every three days and they're all away. So yeah. they've got to travel and train and well, travel they back. Have, they probably won't be training in three properly. days. They'll probably be like having a recovery no, they won't. day they won't. and doing a bit of like training, yeah. not actually physically on the pitch. Or maybe they'll have like half a day of training on the pitch, half a day of like, this is the plan for the next game. And that's all they're getting. Um, I think that is important context for people to remember when they think yeah. the form's dropped off yeah. a bit. It's been a tough run, especially on the road. Um, but also, like, look at the teams. Another... Though, it's not teams that we deserve to beat. Preston are they're higher than us now. Obviously, if they beat us, and they wouldn't have been higher than us if they didn't. But they are one position higher than us. It's not like they're a bad team. They've had four wins in the last five. So, you know, it's a tough game. So, yeah, that is the one defeat. one nil to Preston. It's not end of the world. And you know what it's like. You go away, and they're a good, solid team. They are, I think they have the best defence in the league. Yeah, so we are. We were never going to break chances. them down. Well. We did have chances. We had chances, but they were like, but like I agree with you. I think like Preston was so good. They just they scored and they were just sat back all game. Like we made a mistake, didn't we? And they went one nil up, and that was it. They just camped in. But you know, on another day, we got an equaliser as a good draw away from home. Yeah, because we had some chances at the end. Um, and I think the same same with some other games. Wigan was a bit of a freak game, if we're being honest. Like for them to score two corners is a bit. You know, that's how. When does that happen? Like for them to go two nil up. They've sacked their manager today as well. So it's just like, that was a freak game. And the credit has got to go. Like, it is annoying. We didn't win a home game against a team that's struggling at the bottom somewhere. Um, and they went 2-0 up. But we did come back again. And yeah, it's not necessarily what we want to be doing is coming from behind all the time. We are making it hard for ourselves and we do need to cut that out. But we did come back. And I've never been confident especially playing this style of play when we go behind. I've said it loads of times on the podcast. Oh, if the other team scores first, this game over. Like We really find it hard to come from behind. But it's got we got like the West Brom game we went behind and won. Watford we went behind and won. Wigan here. We had um, Bristol City Redding. we went behind. Yeah, we went one yeah Bristol City, Bristol. yeah. Reading. We went behind and won that one. Um, Birmingham. Yeah, we were yeah. down in Birmingham. So, yeah, points from losing positions. I do believe we're top of the league for it, and that's a good trait over the course of the year. Ultimately, you want to stop going into those situations, but we're not keeping clean sheets very often at the moment. So, the fact that we can bounce back if we're not the team that scores first, it's definitely a good thing. Um, we just obviously need to work on our defence, and we know that, but it is tough with the congestion. And I think when you add everything together. And the context we're in a good place for the season so far we're still knocking on the door of the playoffs and we've had a run of four, four games where we haven't won and we still only one win outside so come back with fresh legs it's all to play for yeah yeah i'm quite i'm quite happy with where we are to be honest i was a little bit oh, you know we're not picking up points but then when i looked at the fixtures and sort of broke it down a little bit i think we're in a good place and i think i would say about this world cup like how disruptive it is and whatever whatever your thoughts are on it but um you, you know the fact that we've had to cram so many games in you know in this period has been ridiculous and i think that's why the championship as a whole has been carnage i think that's why it's so different because no teams are putting a run together 
no teams are running away with it. I mean, like Burnley are top, but then they've had to score a couple of last-minute goals recently to get in there. And then Sheffield United went on a run when they lost a few games, and then now they've won a few games again. It's just nobody can put a thing on it. And yeah. you, we were talking about commentary the other day when we were bottom of the league, and now they're mid-table. You just, it's, just so, it's just so mad. I, mean, I just think if you can put yourself in a good place before the break, have the month off, get your players fit, get them rested... You know, for us, I mean, I know Ollie Cooper's not going, but it means he has a rest. It means only Cabango really. We've been playing without Joe Allen. Only Cabango really goes. Um, all of our, all of and and um, and Cham is going with Cameroon as well, Nee. But um, everybody else gets a rest. We get players back fit. If they've got little niggles, they get back fit, and we come back strong after the World Cup. I think we'll be in a good place if we can get a if we can get a win on Saturday. And put ourselves maybe just in the top six or you know seventh or eighth like we are. I think it's a good place to pick up when we uh, when we finish. But yeah, like you said, I, th- I think we've I think we've been all right. I think you've just seen, particularly on Tuesday against Birmingham, we went one nil down. I think you know us going one nil down and starting slow is just it's just because of the it's just because of the congestion. I think we're just getting caught cold a bit because it's just so many games and so many days and. Like we said, not even training, not even having time, not even loads of time on the pitch together. I think that's probably it with the sort of defensive problems that we've had at the moment. Because before that, when we had that run, we were good defensively. We looked, we looked quite good. We looked solid. Yeah, you know, it wasn't really a problem. But I think, you know, the mistakes have creeped in, and the, you know, and the being a bit disjointed. I think it's just because of the lack of just time on the pitch together, lack of time on the training pitch. But the Birmingham game, exactly you saw. We were down, and then for that spell from their goal until half time was probably the best football we've played all season. In that spell, we, yeah, the, really the goals we scored were brilliant, and we were absolutely passing them off the park. And then we looked a bit tired second half, and they came back into the game. So I think it's just let's just see what happens when we come back. I've seen some of their fans commenting that they, they were saying that we were the best football inside they've seen this season. Uh, really tough game, and they did really well to stay with us after we went ahead. I think you're right. We, I don't think we necessarily fell off in the second half, to be honest. I think they got that late goal, right? But I think the second half was quite even on the on the whole. And they just yeah, it was, got it that was opportunity at the end we and didn't, took it. <clears throat> they didn't. I don't yeah, think we didn't like much. replicate what we played in the first half. But like no, that, no. that. That spell that we had, I think I'd argue that was the best football we played all season after they scored. And then when we scored our two goals, we were absolutely unplayable there. Yeah, so, no, I agree. Um, I think we were very good in the first half. We didn't quite keep up that intensity in the second, but we're still okay. I think it was quite tit-for-tat second half. They definitely had more shots than us, but they they only had one on target they, in the second half, and that was the goal. So I don't think they had any, like, they didn't really test uh, Bender, and they didn't really have any, oh my God, they should have scored sort of um, moments, I don't think, until they ended up getting that corner. Um, Darling made a couple of good blocks as well, though, to be fair. So maybe maybe one or two of that could have could have been a bit more troublesome. But ultimately, it was frustrating. As good as Ryan Manning was, I think, for the game, he lost Tridini in the end for the goal that we conceded. Um, but yeah, yeah just, just one of them lapses of concentration right at the end. An individual error rather than like the team collapsing, which is what we were talking about with all the late goals at the start of the season. And Troy Dean, is the sort of player who you want in the box for a corner, isn't he? So, like, it's it's not oh, end-of-the-world yeah. sort of stuff. It's frustrating because it feels like a loss when you don't win that late into a game when you are winning. But I think before the kickoff, 
away point, maybe you take it. It's just because of when it happened. Yeah. That's why it felt Birmingham so bad. Birmingham were playing. Birmingham were in form as well going into that game. Yeah, um, they're, they're, tenth, so they're, they're only point. two points behind us. So it's, it's a tough, tough league, and we're doing well against teams around us. You know, maybe one of the things different from this year, like Watford, we beat them when we played them. I know Sheffield United, we did lose, but it was a very competitive performance from us. The two anomalies maybe are Blackburn and Burnley, which probably are two worst games of the season. Um, but we beat QPR as well. Uh, so it's not like in the past where we struggle against the teams that look like they're going to have promotion. Maybe it, we we hold on our own, and it's quite um, we could be anyone on our day really. So, but then we can also concede goals against anyone that make it hard for ourselves. So, yeah, that's challenging. Uh, yeah. Okay, so going forward then, um, actually a little bit more on the football and the form before we move on to the next thing. One of the big topics of conversation, two two big topics actually that I want to touch on. Actually, three. I'm adding stuff in my head as we go along. The first one is the strikers. They're really not doing the business this season. We're not getting... And that, I think, is an under-talked-about reason why we're not... Maybe there's some games that we could have won. If you look at the goal contributions from the two strikers and then look at where all of our goals are coming from this season, I think we've had 14 goal scorers or... 12 goal scorers this season, I think it was. Um, basically, if they were doing the job they did last year, we could be a lot higher up the table because we would have scored more, is what I'm saying. So we're where we are. We're scoring a decent amount of goals, and our strikers aren't really contributing to that that much, is what I'm trying to say. The second thing I want to talk about is Mac Rhymes and um, the notable absence against Wigan and the fact that people actually noticed he wasn't there, which is something we've been saying for a long time. And then the third yeah. thing I want to talk about is Latbodia. So if we start with the strikers, what's your take on what I've just said? Yeah, well, we said this. Uh, I was quite vocal about it when um, before Perot got his red card, I was annoyed that he sort of picked those two together, you know, with Perot being behind and Obafemi up front in place of Oli Cooper, because it was that game, the Stoke game. I've said I've probably said this a million times. People are probably bored of hearing it, but. The Stoke game, he put Obafemi on the bench because he had the thing with Burnley, wasn't he? It was around about that time. So he put him on the bench and he started Ollie Cooper. Um, and he was magical. And then I think when he brought Obafemi back into the squad, he sort of put Ollie Cooper to the side to play the both of them. I think he only did it once or twice. And then Ollie Cooper's been back in the squad since. But I just I don't know I don't know what's wrong with both of them at the moment. They've been so poor, but I, I, I got to be honest. I'm more disappointed with Perot. I think he's done nothing all season, absolutely nothing. Obafemi's had more glimpses. He was brilliant when he came on against West Brom. Um, I think he played quite well against Cardiff. He missed good, cha- he missed good chances, but he did score one. Um, but he was getting in the right areas. So I, I, but he hasn't been great. But I, I just edged him at the moment. I, Perot, I, I, I don't even know what's going on. The games that I've watched recently. He was poor up to the red card that he had, but then you'd think he'd come back a bit better. I think he's been worse. The games that I've watched, he's been so quiet. He's not even in the game. I think he had, he had one run, run against, against Birmingham, Birmingham, which... Yeah. Yeah, and then he yeah, shot yeah. and it went nowhere. Did, but, <laughs> but I think that was it. I just think I'm so like been so disappointed with him this season. Like I've watched games, like Preston, for example, away, and um, 
Watford away and, and games like this. It's just he hasn't done anything. He's not even in the game at all. Yeah. Um, and it's really frustrating because I think you're right. Because I think like if if we have Obafemi and Perot from last year into this season, we're probably top of the league. I don't yeah. think, I'd, or near enough, I think, with the way that the midfielders are playing and with those two firing like they were last year, I think we'd be way up the league. But I don't know what's going on. I think it's got to be one or the other. I don't think you can play both at the moment. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd edge it to Obafemi, I would, and make Perot fight for his place. So some context here. Perot gets 22 goals last season and Obafemi had 12 we're now 20 games into this season, so we're near and halfway. We're not quite there, but near and halfway. Perot's got five, Oberfemi's got three. And Cham's had four last season, has actually better this tally, and he's got five. So we're giving him so much stick, but he's uh, his top goal scorer joint with Perot at the moment. <laughs> um, Manning's got three, Darling's got three. So two of our defenders have got the same amount as Oberfemi. Ollie Cooper's also on three, who's on his breakthrough season and is not good enough for the Welsh squad. Um, <laughs> and then Grimes obviously scored his first goal the other day against Birmingham. Cabango's got one. Fulton's got one in the league. He scored in the League Cup as well. Candle had one. Sorinola's got one. Liam Cullen scored one in the League Cup, which is another talking point because he's not even on the bench at the moment. I don't know where he's gone. But the way that those two are performing, like just chuck him in. Give, drop them both and say, look, you're not both guaranteed a slot. Cullen can have a run out. He works hard, doesn't he? You never know what might happen. Even if he kicks the other two up above him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I, just, I don't know. Or even just to like play Ollie Cooper as a false nine. Instead of trying to think if you're going to play Cundle and Cham or Cooper, play the three of them. Wonder if that would work. It'd be interesting. Be an interesting risk to take. You know what will <laughs> happen if it goes wrong, though. Be yeah, yeah, I know. I just, it's it's so f- so frustrating. And you said Perot has got five goals this year, has he? Yeah, in twenty games, one goal every four. I think two are penalties. Are they one yeah, was the two gift. are penalties? That's that's the thing, isn't it? One was, was the, the gift against, against Hull. The defender passes it to him. Yeah, it's not great, is it? None of the spectacular finishes we got used to seeing last year. No, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Maybe, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe Patterson coming in, maybe compliments him. Oh, but he's just nowhere than, as well. He had nine goals last season and he's had none. I know he's not played loads, but he just does not look the same creative outlet he looked when he first joined. Like, yeah, they had a good yeah. partnership, didn't they? I'd love to see him just. I'd love to see him put Cooper as a false nine on Saturday. Cooper has been a blessing, honestly, when you look at all of this together, like none of them are really performing um, up up there. Cundle uh, has been okay. But again, he's kind of just there, I think, sometimes. He's not really done anything special. It's nice to have that option to rotate yeah. him in and that. It's nice to see in Cham picking up his game a little bit more consistently. It's not every game still, but it's you get less bad ones at the moment, I think. I think we got to credit where due because we have called him out a lot. Um, and he's been a couple of times he has performed from when he started whereas that's been, he'll have a good performance off the bench, start the next one and then he don't do anything, he's actually rectified a little bit so maybe he's starting to come into his own, he's going to the World Cup now so we'll see what happens after that but yeah, um, let's hope we see a difference in both Oberfemi and Peru after the World Cup 
yeah, Oberfermi, you could you could perhaps understand the whole saga around Oberfermi and then blame that as the reason he's not performing. It doesn't make it acceptable, but you could say that's the reason for it. Dunno Peru, maybe he thought he was obviously there was they asked if he wanted a new contract at the end of last season. His agent said they weren't interested. So is he disappointed he didn't get to move on for more money? I don't know. Like it's just not the yeah, same but player. did but did anyone come in for Perot? It seemed didn't seem like anybody put up a big fight to come in for him, Perot. Don't know. Didn't I don't know. Just a weird I, one. The thing is with the championship, you think like yeah, he did play well last year, but you think maybe people are thinking, okay, he's had one good year. Let's see how he starts the next season. I think if he starts if he starts this season like he did last year and he gets like ten goals now, I think he goes in January. Definitely, I think he's gone because I think he's proved what he can do. But seeing what he's done this year, there's not going to be clubs lining up, I don't think. Maybe, but I don't know. I can't see many clubs lining up to buy him in January in the summer no, if I mean, he continues this year. Because it's not even like we can sit here and say, oh, he's been quite unlucky. He's had all these opportunities and he's been unlucky with them. He's been There's been opportunities he should have done better with. Um, I don't really feel like he's been unlucky. So No, it's just it's the games. It's the games, like I said, where... You watch it and you forget he's playing. He's playing yeah. up front and you forget he's playing. You just like he used to come into the game so much. Like he used to come in deep and then you'd see him popping out wide. You'd see him come deep and you know hit one off his left foot, like he said. So, but he's just not in the game at all. Yeah, that's true. Okay, let's let's move on to Mac Rhymes. Um Wigan. Well, how how much of a difference in performance was it that he wasn't on the pitch? So Ollie Cooper was tasked to do in his role. And we've given him a lot of credit, but it's a big role to fill for Ollie Cooper. He's not been playing there all season. He's been playing forward. And then he's asked to fill in Grimes, who does, like we've said before, I don't think anyone else can do the same job. Um, and I don't think Grimes would have done the same job if you go back like six, eight years, whatever it is, um, and put him in that same slot. Maybe when Britain was around, put Grimes in and ask him to do the Britain job back then. I don't think anyone yeah. would have. Yeah. You know, seen seen that happening. Um, so, big ask for Ollie Cooper. How did he do, and how um, noticeable was it that Grimes wasn't there? I think, yeah, I think it was hard for. Uh, I don't know. It was just a bit of a weird game because we were two 0 down so early. It kind of ripped up the plans anyway. I think he sort of moved like Ollie Cooper out to the wing then for a while, and he put like moved Oko Flex out to the left, and we went to like a back four and it was a bit disjointed then but you noticed how much we missed Grimes if you look at like the Cardiff game where obviously they had a man down and sat in how much he moves the play around and finds spaces and creates so much and we just didn't have anybody that could do that against a team that was I mean we did come back in the end to be fair but it's so noticeable how much he does even from a defensive perspective as well like where he is on the pitch his positioning um, moving the ball around I just think you'd noticed how, how much he was missing. And it's great because I scroll through Twitter now and then people are saying like, oh, I can't believe people slated Matt Grimes and and they said that he could only pass the ball backwards and stuff. And it was like, and those are the same people who used to absolutely cry for him to get sold when Cooper was here, when he was doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, I remember it clear as day when Cooper was here, people used to slate Matt Grimes and say, he shouldn't be a captain. He shouldn't be anywhere near the club. All this yeah. shit. It was the same people, and now and saying... we had a massive argument, didn't we, on Twitter when he nearly went to Fulham, and then people were like, "Oh, we should have sold him." Yeah, yeah. Now he's going to go for free. Blah blah. We would have. Oh had no! Remember, we should have signed that for soon. 
yeah you would have given us more yeah all the rest of it um one i haven't looked in detail but on quick glance here right so we had against wigan we had 77 percent of the ball and we made 655 passes okay um which is still a lot of passes on preston we had a lot of the ball still and it's away so we had 72 percent of the ball so we had less ball away from home as well but we made 746 passes so like nearly 100 more passes um I just think that highlights the dif- the difference in how well he moves the play around. Less of the ball, but yeah, 100 more passes. And yeah, we lost the Preston game and we were chasing it, but it just shows that he does move the ball around a lot more and quicker than what pe- perhaps people give credit for. Um, some people in our, in our friend circle as well like to shout over that argument. Um, but yes, yeah, nice to see that a lot of people did notice is basically what I wanted to highlight when he wasn't there against Wigan and give the credit that he deserves with the job that he does. It might not be the most glitz and glamour job all the time to get the headlines, but it's vital in the way that Martin wants the team to play. So if we're going to be successful doing this this game plan, he is just integral to it, basically. Okay, third point, Latibodia. Um Martin seems to love him at the moment. I was shocked to see him given the captaincy in Grimes' absence in the Wigan game. I thought maybe Felton or Cabango yeah. would have had it over him. I think it would have been Norton if Norton were playing, because I think Norton is technically vice-captain. If you look at the squad photo they released yeah, he is. in a week, he was the one yeah. standing at the front with Grimes. Uh, but obviously he was on the bench as well. And Latabodia got the hard man, which I was shocked at. I mean, can't question his work rate and how much he throws himself into the role. But I still wouldn't have picked him as the one. And people have reservations over him playing on the right anyway, don't they? So, um, although he might have played centre-back in Wigan, didn't he? I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. Or started I there. I mean, he might have moved around, I think, at some point. But he definitely started yeah. there. So what do you think of his performances then? I don't know. I don't. I really don't understand it because it's another one. I don't want to slate Latibodia because I think, I think he's been, I think he's been great for us. He's, you know, he's hard worker. He's great in defence. You know, he puts in a shift every time. But it's just, well, my one criticism was, was of him playing wing back was we don't have the creativity. But he got the assist for Grimes' goal against um, against Birmingham. But more often than not, yeah, one of them's got to work. He's in such a it? good position. Yeah, but he's in such a good position to go forward and the, the move just breaks down. If you look at what Manning done on the other side against Birmingham, it was relentless. He was causing them all sorts of problems. He's got a lovely, yeah. lovely left foot to get some crosses in or even some shots. And he's been getting some goals. Cardiff game highlighted that with the last body. He got in so many good positions and final ball just wasn't there. So I don't, I really don't understand it. Whether I was thinking about this when I was watching the Birmingham game because it was so one-sided on Manning's side. Does he like Manning to go further forward and Latibodia not to get forward as much so that he can kind of slip into a back four if Manning's caught forward? So I don't know. But I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me because he's still playing him out of position. He's still a center after playing wing back. And I, he started Okoflex against Wigan, right? And before they scored in that first like five minutes, I thought he looked all right. Like he was taking people on. He had a shot and just went wide. He was running at people, and that's exactly what we need him to do on that side. That's what we need Latibodier to do. 
is to run you, and take people on. You can't take you can't people do. on, though. You just can't do it. No, exactly. No so I don't understand why it's like, fair enough if it's like a, you know, like a patch job where we've got injuries and we haven't got an option to be there. Then then fair enough, because he does do a job. Like, he's solid enough to be there. Like, he's not, you know, ridiculously bad. But when you want to win a game and go forward and you need goals, put someone in there like Okoflex, like give him a start, give him a full start. You know, it was different against Wigan because then we were 2-0 down and he moved into like left midfield. It was a bit weird. I would just, I'd like to see him have a run instead of Latipo, yeah, because it doesn't work for me. Or maybe we need to use the right back that we signed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's not even on that the bench these days either. Sense, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's not maybe he's not great in it, but Finley Stevens, I just isn't had much of a chance to show what he can do. He's had a couple of sub appearances, but like Soranola hasn't been spectacular. Latbodia's square peg in round hole, and you're not gonna get any nifty attacking wing stuff from him. Um it just isn't gonna happen as much as he tries. And he does do some good runs and get in good positions. He just tries to take people on sometimes but it's not the same as when a winger does it you just don't have that like it's not edgy seat stuff or nothing like that and he just put a lot of balls in a lot of them are bad but then the one for Grimes was decent so I still think I'd rather Soranola there than Latibodia I think he's got more of a going forward more of an ability to put across in and I I, yeah going forward yeah he is often out of position (laughs) defensively I want to look actually how many goals we conceded on the right side because the first goal against Birmingham was down that side again both of them now, Latte and Soranola, yeah. like Latte didn't get out to the man to block the cross. They just never seem to be there. They just come in all the time and then the ball goes wide and they try to charge it down, but the ball's already come in. It happens all the time. I'm sure, like two of the West Brom goals yeah. came from that side. Um bit ridiculous. Like I just yeah, I don't know. Weird one. We need to address it. They've got another transfer window coming up. I just hope it's something they're looking at. Because if he loves Latabodia, playing centre back then would didn't have a good game against Birmingham. So I don't think anyway. But um, yeah, tell you what, we didn't talk about the Birmingham Birmingham game. The referee and uh, a penalty that oh, yeah. I think we yeah. definitely should have had a penalty. I think I tweeted. Yeah, I... It was just like the referee and standards in this league are just appalling. He was card happy, blowing up for everything, yellow cards for anything. And then a blatant like push in the back in the penalty area. Play on nothing. Yeah. And then someone happened, the man like, in one, I think. A couple of minutes later, go on. No, the man in one, I think, would have been soft, but I think it was a pen because normally, fair enough, you have like a shoulder to shoulder, which you kind of give because that's part of the game. But it was more of a shoulder to the back. I was yeah, just like, that's why I, that's you can't why, just charge I... into someone. I don't think it's soft if it's shoulder in the back. Like you can't do it. You, you can't get the ball from that position. So it's a foul. No. no. So if it's a foul in the box, no. it's a penalty. And he was blown. Yeah, I think I think it should have been given. And he blew up for yeah. one. I think it was on a counter attack or something. I can't remember who it was. Maybe Soranola running the other side. And he got brought down in quite a similar fashion. And he blew up and booked the guy. But the same thing in the box, and he was like, nah, play on. And he wasn't even that far away from it either. He was keeping up with the play quite well. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. don't know what to say, really. It's just, we're used to it by now, but just another shocking decision in this league, really. Yeah, yeah. 
classic. Okay. Um, Huddersfield, briefly then, do you think we're going to go and get a win for the World Cup period? I hope so. I hope we can just get a win just to finish us off just before the break. I'd love to see us do it. I think it has been a bit of a struggle with the travelling and, and the number of games, but I'd love to see us just get a win. Um, I mean, I'd take a point on the road again, but I'd love to see us just come away with a good win, like a 2 nil. Just come home, job done. That would yeah. be a nice boost going into the break then, wouldn't it? Ollie yeah. Cooper, two goals. I said on the on the preview video, 2-1. I, I think we're struggling to keep clean sheets at the moment. And I said it also equally wouldn't surprise me if it ended up 2-all, if it was like we were in a 2-1 position. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked yeah. if, if that happened again. Um, and again, it's a point away from home if that is the case. But yeah, we'll see what happens. They they obviously bomb, but I don't think they're necessarily like the worst team in the league at the same time. So it's a weird one to kind it of. It just predict. doesn't mean anything at the moment. The table, no. the table just doesn't lit, literally means nothing at the moment. Like anybody you're playing, it's just yeah, it's ridiculous. Okay, so we'll play a little game then before we finish. So this week I've got for you what was the team when Swansea played Huddersfield on the 10th of March 2018 away from home so I should say Huddersfield played Swansea and the score was nil nil yeah I remember it well it was when IU got sent off didn't he yeah that is correct and I think that got us relegated <laughs> 100% um, we were informed before that and we were out of relegation zone and then we didn't score a goal yeah. afterwards for ages couldn't score. Yeah. We didn't score a goal while he was suspended, and then that was it. Yeah, anyway, I think that, yeah, that kind of starting ruined with goalkeeper. Sending, Fabianski. Correct. Centre-back. Three of them. Mawson. Yeah. Fernandez. Yeah. And... I'm missing an obvious one. Yeah. Well, it's obvious because I got it in front of me. Mawson, Fernandez, and Van der Horn. Yeah, correct. Uh, right wing back. Um, Connor Roberts. No. Left wing back. <clears throat> Left wing back. God, I can't remember. Uh, I've got no idea. I'm rubbish with this team that got relegated. I can never remember it. You had such a good start then. I know. I can't I can't literally can't even think who was playing left wing back. Think of a left back and just say a name. I can only think of Neil Taylor for some reason and I can't get out of my head. Ben, no, Ben Davis was gone. That deal. <laughs> ben Davis. Um, I think Neil Taylor was gone no. as well, to be fair. Yeah, he was. So I can't even think who came in to replace him. But he was oh, Olson, Martin Olson. Yeah, Olson. Okay. Centre midfielders, <clears throat> three of them. Tom Carroll. No. Um Leon Britton. No. Oh my god! And 
Leroy Fur. No. Oh my god, they were they must have all been in the squad at that time though. I think two of them were injured. Oh my god. Um Bloody okay. Hell. Forwards two. The two IU brothers. Yes, Andre IU and Jordan IU. Okay. <laughs> Who's on the bench? Goalkeeper. Oh my god, I got no idea. Uh Nordvelt. Yes. Centre back or defenders? Two defenders. Rangel. No. Uh Fox. No idea. Okay. Midfielder. Fair. One mid. No. Two wingers. Routledge? No. Ah, oh, Routledge would have been playing wing back, wouldn't he? No. Yeah. I got no idea. Well, come on, one more wing, I guess. This is embarrassing. Was that the year that was that the year the Leicester won the league? So Dyer was not there. No, this was the year we got relegated. Yeah, was they that the year that like 2014, didn't they, or something? 2015. Oh, was it? Well, Dyer then. Uh, Dyer was there, yeah. And then striker. Oh my god, who else did we have as a striker? Tammy Abraham? Uh, yeah. Okay, so once you missed then, right back, Kyle Norton. Uh, of course, but yeah. Um, yeah. Centre midfielders, three of them Sam Klukas, uh, yeah. Andy King, and yeah. Key Sung Young. Alex, bloody hell. <clears throat> and then on the bench, centre back Kyle Barley. Mm, yeah. Right back Connor Roberts. Yeah. Centre midfielder Tom Carroll. You said yeah, Nathan said Dyer, Carroll. and then there was Luciano Narsing. Ah, uh, yeah. And yeah. obviously Tammy Abraham, you said as well. Um, I got to be honest, I can remember most squads, but the, that year we got relegated. I don't know if I just blocked it from my mind. I just can't piece together who were still there from like the monk sort of time and the Paul Clement time into that squad. I can never remember it. Renato Sanchez. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I keep wanting to say him, but he was gone when he and Rocky Mesa. Oh, he was gone. Sanchez was injured when he and then never came back. After Rocky Mesa started looking that like, season, didn't he? Yeah. After Sanchez looked like he actually might do something under Carvajal, looked like he might actually yeah, start yeah, performing. Yeah. I think it was League Cup game or something. He got injured, didn't it? Wolves was it maybe? Something like that. Something he played like against Newcastle in the league, and he had a really good game. Yeah, and then yeah, and then he got injured. But we started but yes. that season with Sanchez and Rocky Mesa and Tammy Abraham. We signed. We went down. Yeah, bad than it. And bony. <laughs> and bony, yeah. Bloody hell. I mean, yeah. And we ended up with the two IU brothers as well. How the hell did we go down? We had a good enough squad. Yeah, we signed yeah. Andre IU for like 20 million in January because nobody wanted to come to us today because we were trying, did we try and get like Gaitan, Nicholas Gaitan, and like oh, Gaitan, he's a striker yeah. from Atletico Madrid. The one oh, we've been yeah, there a while, but the Argentinian or something, striker. Gamero, was it Kevin Gamero? Yeah, and he said no, didn't he? Because we were bottom of the league. 
and it wasn't we when we apparently were supposed to sign um might not have been that year, it was Schurler as well, wasn't it? We were gonna <laughs> sign him on it. and then there was a rumour I think we we're gonna sign him on loan. Well apparently we we're gonna sign him on loan and it was a done deal when someone got injured for Dortmund oh, yeah. and they wanted to keep him in. Oh yeah. Wonder if that would have And then he went out. to Fulham the next year, I think. <clears throat> well, mind. there we go. Okay, well that's been it's been a good episode then. Good to get back on the podcast. So hope everyone enjoyed listening. Um, as always, don't forget to subscribe. Let us know in the comments what you think of all the topics. The main one being the Welsh squad announcement with Nawali Cooper, the recent Swans form, and what do you think ahead of the Huddersfield game on the weekend? Thanks for joining me, Lee, as always, and we shall see you in the next video. See you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. The match has just finished and you're on your way home. What better way to celebrate that 90th minute winner than a McNugget share box and a few tips with your mates? You channel your inner Ronald as you race to beat the muck delivery home, just making it an injury time. Ordering muck delivery is easy on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.